Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. Uh, yeah, the world is still here. So far. We're still talking. Yep. About superficial shit. It's not superficial. It's very important breaking news. It's true. It's like cultural analysis. Well, it is. Well, I think I have it the, in the past said that we were like analyzing it from like a, like a socialist lens or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like, try we're trying to, to pitch this podcast be like oh yeah we're, we're we're academics yeah i think if i ever like wanted to try to like i don't know get us written up somewhere or whatever i don't know just a yeah have those line. that were that keyword socialist um the online left will eat it up yeah it's a marketing tool uh you're not on you're not really looking at twitter right right now or in, in, general, in general. Oh, I do have my phone open, but I'm, mm. I'm specifically looking for an article. And then I thought about that has to do with goop. Oh. So I just thought just now that Brian was like roasting me for a little no, no, no. But I'm, I'm looking for some for a goop thing. Um, am I on Twitter? Uh, I, I'll, I'll dip a toe in, peek, peek around. I, yeah, I've been, like always, I've just been doing it too much. And uh, without the, there was like fun sort of media whenever there's like a Bon Appetit story or something, it's fun. But now it's just, it's pure darkness. And the, um, the Glenn Greenwald intercept blow up was sort of the last straw where I was like, I need to throw this away, this app away. Oh, the Glenn Greenwald thing. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get anyone too mad, but I was like, I, this doesn't seem, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Like he didn't, I, I don't know <laughs> what we're, where did you land on that? Like, I, well, okay. So if anyone, this is so, I, I was like, I don't want to talk about this. And then yet, of course, this is the first thing I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Glenn Greenwald is a, I guess, you know, left-wing sort of free speech, anti-deep state uh, journalist. He broke, you know, the Edward Snowden stuff, but he had founded The Intercept, which was like, you know, a left-wing alternative to like, msnbc or like big corporate media blah 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 but he left the company because they didn't want to publish an article he wrote that was very um critical of joe biden and might have contained some quote-unquote like conspiracy theories about his family 
and I guess where I landed on it, it was like, like it had like unsourced information yeah. about the, those emails that, that Rudy Giuliani got from the computer repairman or whatever, like, which I don't know. I, I didn't think that it was like, I mean, he published, I did read where he published like the note, the letter that he got from his editor and yeah. like what he wanted him to take out and change. And he was like, you are like making these claims about like the media not covering this or something, but like all of these things have been covered. And like all of these things are like these accusations from the Trump campaign are like unsourced and like unverified. So we don't want to publish a story with unverified information. And then he was like freaked out and was like, how dare you tell me what I can't like this whole thing was built on my name and my reputation. I quit. Yeah. He, like, I, and I've, I've really been a fan of his work and like even his sort of Twitter trolling has been for the most part, I've been like on his side, but this did seem like a just total ego narcissist tantrum that he threw. And it's like, well, if he wants to start his, you know, his own media empire, I guess do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, I feel like to an extent, okay, like all these people are like too dangerous to publish. So they'll have to have these like sub tax or is that what it's called? Sub Substack, yeah. They're like, oh, everyone pay me $5 a month for my sub stack. But which is like, okay, a newspaper costs like what? Like $5 a month to get everybody's a la carte fucking shit is first of all, going to get way too expensive. Secondly, the point of a newspaper is that you have to answer to an editorial board that does by definition, I guess, censor you, but it also like imposes the editorial standards of the paper. So if you want to just be able to write whatever the fuck you want and like, just say like, no one will publish this, but I don't have to answer to anyone. So you can buy it for $5. Like you can, but I, I think that there are some drawbacks to that too. And I don't think that everybody, I don't think every time somebody says this needs to be verify before we can put it in a newspaper is censorship no yeah yeah i agree like there are there are stories that it does seem like the the media in general you know are more interested and some that are they're less interested and i don't know if there's like a conspiracy that people are trying to censor the news but uh i i also do think the media is being like extra cautious this time because of what happened before the election last time. So perhaps they're overcorrecting a little bit, but I'd rather well, have that than the craziness. They, yeah, they need to. I mean, last time what happened was there was this like buzzword about Hillary Clinton's emails and her deleting 30,000 emails after she got like some sort of like a subpoena or something. So no one knows what was in the emails. No one knows why. No one was able to figure it out. But the fact that she, that these emails were deleted was repeated over and over and over and over and over again. And no one ever got to the bottom of it. So it just, every time it got repeated, it was like another, like, it felt like new information, but it wasn't, it was just like this. And no one, I didn't, I didn't ever, no one has ever answered the question of like, did that, was that evidence of like some of her doing something illegal? Like what was the illegal thing that she was covering up? Like, what's the actual accusation here? Like, does that mean, what does this mean? Like, I never really got an answer about that stuff. It was really just, the, it was really sort of like a political maneuver where if you're constantly questioning somebody's character and no answer is ever satisfactory, then like you just will end up having this feeling of 
distrust that's not helpful and it's not the role of journalism to like ask a bunch of questions with no answers it's they're supposed to have the answers yeah 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 when they publish yeah and i think i mean now it's just there's so so much information from so many different sources and that could be really good because you're you can get a variety of voices but then there's also like that is yeah that is the job of an editorial board to like filter information and to tell the public what stories are important and what are less important and well and to make sure that the stories are true like sure yeah yeah and i guess greenwald is saying like no one has disputed the no one really has disputed the veracity of this of the like the emails and the videos on hunter biden's hard drive but it's just the fact of like they were gotten in a very shady way and so he and i think he just has like a personal vendetta against a lot of people so he like wants to amplify this you know anti-biden stuff which is really not bad like people i'm sorry people aren't people love the hunter stuff people are like oh this i mean sad guy is like you know an addict and he's doing crazy stuff i don't that's not the same a lot of it is probably sexism but like people even like trump right-wing like 4chan people think it's sort of cool as opposed to like the hillary shit well also the hillary stuff was about the actual candidate not her daughter it's not it's not the same i think there was like some there's one email where he says something about like giving money to like the big guy or something but people are like speculating oh that must be joe biden well there's no evidence of that money going to joe biden there's no evidence that joe biden was ever being referred to as the big guy anywhere else (laughs) there's no evidence that he is has like accepted money or like knew about this or anything so i feel like again if you want to put in a newspaper that you think that joe biden was like receiving millions of dollars from a ukrainian company then i think you have to have more than that uh yeah i agree i we let's move on because i'm i we shouldn't even fucking be talking about this shit (laughs) we're now we're amplifying this fake news uh what well there was a lot of Gwyneth news this week. There was big Gwyneth news for sure. I mean, are we going to get to some of this stuff in the newsletters or should we? uh... No, that's what I was looking for. Okay. So there was like, well, I'm going to get to the big actual goop announcement, Mm -hmm. but um, Gwyneth, uh, Gwyneth associate um, actually is getting into some pretty big trouble and that's not, in my news in my list. oh i didn't hear about this what's this story well we talked about it before it's the same uh it's the same woman oh. <laughs> it's the same um what's her name uh dominique uh Fredrin reed of los angeles <laughs> sure of course who as we know and discussed um worked to formulate the dietary supplement called Madam Ovary. And she runs a practice called Vital Life MD. And she, I'm reading now directly from NPR, um, and had falsely marketed Thymosin Alpha One as an FDA approved drug, which she claimed was one of the best ways to prevent COVID-19, which is just like an illegal fake 
claim. And now there is um, an Illinois Democrat is calling for like a congressman is like calling for like crackdowns on fake COVID cures. And oh. so she's getting into like way bigger trouble where, yeah, he's um, on the House Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy. And he's calling for the FDA and for the Federal Trade Commission to take action against one prominent doctor who has marketed the drug. Wow, dominant. they're, they're sing <laughs> singling this lady out? Well, she, yeah. I mean, she's the one who said it was FDA approved and it would cure, and it was one of the best ways to cure COVID. I mean, I agree there should be criminal charges like that. It is truly sick if you're, you know, trying to make money off of this horrible pandemic with cures that aren't real. Um, our president has done it and this lady's doing it too. Yeah, I guess he said that he blames the Trump administration for failing to effectively deter scams that prey on people's fears, calling the government's enforcement thus far piecemeal. Yeah, I'll say. So Let's just say that the Madame Overy doctor, uh, Dr. Dominic, her, the temperature is rising on this lady because this has been in the news for a couple of weeks and it's yeah. only worse. So I mean, following that story. I guess like Madame Overy is the only product that Goop is selling that was created with her input. So this doesn't uh, tarnish all of the goop vitamins, but Just I mean, it, ovary, although I'm sure, see, this, this is what I said last time, but I'll just say it again. Cause why not? But like goop would never put out a fake COVID cure, but they'll work with doctors who have fake COVID cures. So yep. it's this really kind of gray area. Like, I mean, obviously the people that they're working with are kind of, scammy sometimes a lot of the time a lot of these doctors are pretty fucked up but goop won't actually tell you to do something that's like actually like dangerous i don't think i mean some people would disagree with you well jen gunter as, thinks yeah. that jade egg is gonna kill you but yeah tell me one person that's gotten toxic shock syndrome from a jade egg you can't it's never, happened. it's never happened uh but yeah i agree and and as you know as we'll get into later on this podcast with some brand new goop products it seems like goop is maybe possibly pivoting a little bit away from medical stuff and dipping their toes into some less controversial aspects of life i mean i think they've dipped their toe into one of the least controversial controversial products on the planet at least in terms of like public consumption sure uh this week, which is definitely on my list, and I can't wait to talk about it, and I think you'll probably know what it is. But, yeah. um, but, but yeah, let's uh, say that I mean they have they haven't they haven't put out any new vitamins since Madame no. Overy, I, I, and, and I think it's a good pivot to go more towards lifestyle and less towards medical. Because this is where they they always get tripped up when they are trying to you know diagnose or cure any quote unquote maladies that that people have uh i mean and they have you know their whole scientific team meaning gerda <laughs> um, well she's a scientist I yeah think. i trust her i trust her with my life absolutely she i mean she answered one of your hard-hitting questions like, he personally emailed me it's crazy 
and I never wrote back. Oh. I was too freaked out. <laughs> too starstruck. I was so starstruck. I mean, that was like one of the most shocking moments of my life when the email, when I submitted a question to ask Gerda and Gerda just emailed me back the answer and was like, I don't really know what you want, but here's what I'd say. Wow. What a moment in history. What a great day that was. That, was, uh, that might be the best thing. Honestly, I think that is the best thing that happened to me in 2020. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Nothing else good has happened. <laughs> uh, well, Gwyneth, I mean, right before quarantine started, Gwyneth and all of them wore our t-shirts. That was like the last good thing to happen right before quarantine started. Oh, yeah. They wore our shirts. And then the Bird pandemic began. And then it all went to shit. That yeah, was- we were we were on a roll. They were wearing our shirts. We just got we had just gotten written up in the AV club and then yeah. and then the pandemic started. And then we just were like, oh God. And just fucking we're like, whatever. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, then after that it was like just the act of like doing a podcast felt like a huge triumph. I mean, I was like shocked. I'm honestly every time we record this podcast, I'm shocked that we're doing it. That we, we haven't just like, given up. I mean, We've done this since before Trump got elected. Cause I remember one of our first episodes was right after the election. Ugh. And uh, I mean, we've done over 200 episodes now. We have, we didn't yeah. celebrate. 200. I know. It, I, well, cause I, the Apple podcasts, I think mixed up our numbers. So I'm not sure exactly where we are, but we're, we're definitely like over 200. I love that. It's possible that like no one will ever know how many episodes there are. Mm-mm. It's not possible uh wow we didn't keep track and no one else is keeping track yeah we're gonna have to start putting some of those behind like a paywall or something oh yeah should we just we should add our old episodes take them off yeah main feed and put them on patreon probably like not very good i don't want to re-listen to them honestly i would rather i would not ever re-listen to them this is like definitely an author conversation Okay, so one more one more thing before we get to the newsletters, because it wasn't in Goop, but it was a little news item. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow has, I don't know if this is with Goop or just her own money, but she has invested in this cannabis company. Oh, I wasn't uh, with a, this. A cannabis-infused beverage called Can with two N's, C-A-N-N. And... Uh, they released a little video. It was an article on CNBC. Paltrow calls cannabis a hero ingredient of the future. And she put a lot of money. So this, this drink called Can, it is basically just a very low dose cannabis drink. So it's like a beer where a person could have several of them basically at a time. Um, each can has two milligrams of THC and four milligrams of CBD. So it's just, I think it's weak, you know, weak, weak stuff for non stoners, which means maybe I would like it. I just don't. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I also feel like the cannabis bubble has burst a little in the sense of like, we have other shit to worry about now. No one's like, I don't know. I feel like for a couple of years, these like CBD drinks and tinctures and everyone like medical marijuana and, you know, going to uh, med men and all these fancy pot stores, it was like a big deal. And now no one, no one cares. Cause we're all just, you know, clinging on for dear life in general. 
I mean, I think people still, well, I think people are like definitely less um, happy with their like, however people are like consuming like drugs and alcohol, it's not like fun anymore. Yeah, it's, like, it's a coping me- mechanism. Yeah, so I I just, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like substances, mind altering substances are not for celebration in 2020. They are for getting through to the next day. Yeah, which is really bad. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I am definitely um, ready on Tuesday night for, I've, uh, you know, ingesting at least 0.5 milligrams of Xanax and have them ready to go. I, you know how I feel I've for the last week, I feel like I'm on a plane that's like about to take off. I have, oh, I've, yeah. but like just constantly, like it doesn't go away. Or a plane that's in the air and about to crash. Yeah. Like there's like really <laughs> bad turbulence on the plane and I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, the next, I mean, huh, next episode we record, we'll know. Hope, well, actually, that's probably not true. Maybe I not true. I can't believe that this is the last one that we're going to record before the election. I just, I, we should, we should repost the post Trump election episode. Actually, no one will want to hear it. Oh my God. Any other goop news? Personal? I just got paralyzed thinking, no, no. Oh, well, Kim Kardashian West had that birthday party. That's not a goop thing at all. Yeah, I mean, and the Robert Kardashian hologram. Those were two crazy things. I feel they like they were part of the same thing. The Kardashian hologram was. Oh, it was. Party. It was presented on the private island. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gwyneth for so long was sort of the avatar for, you know, rich, entitled, uh, Hollywood, you know um stupidity and kim has really taken that mantle from her kim is the new i think kanye is like the new like and kim is i think it's like the king and queen of of, it's like gwyneth paltrow was like split into two parts and it's kanye and kim and everybody like hates them i don't you you like them still or what what did you say i just started liking them (laughs) so i'm i i never watched the kardashians i always like kanye's music i was always like oh yeah i forgot yeah i forgot he was like running as a republican or something and was like i like donald trump that's bad but he's running against donald trump supposedly well he's running against donald trump but um i don't know i watched she was on david letterman's netflix show oh yeah needs no introduction and i really liked her and i I also think that Kanye West is like a true artist and for all of his, like, I, I think I like that he has like, he's crafted this like larger than life persona. That's like, always that like is very confusing to people. And that's like, people are constantly wanting, trying to engage with. I think it's yeah, cool. Yeah. He's one of the few people on that level that have like a very, complicated messy public persona that doesn't really fall into a neat category and he's like he maybe because of some mental illness or whatever but like he feels completely unfiltered in the way that most 
celebrities on that level feel absolutely like curated. Yeah. And like on the show, I don't know. He made me cry. He was like talking. He, he like brought Dave Letterman into he's doing these like, or at the time he was like doing these like sound baths that were inspired by the art of James Terrell or maybe James Terrell like worked on it. Cause it was like all like James Terrell does like those light installations. Oh, he yeah. had a like that big purple room or whatever you could walk in. And um, it's like, you go into these rooms and you're covered in light. Like it's like some beautiful, like pink light or orange light or something. And then he's just like experimenting. He's got like all of these like musicians there that are doing like sound bath type things. And he was like, this is just phase one. I'm going to keep going. And David Letterman, and he was like, was like, well, when are you going to be done? He's like, when there's peace on earth. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. I think that's cool. I love, I mean, that's such a lofty goal. Uh, yeah. And I guess he's pretty sincere about all this stuff. I think uh, he is. And his music is truly great. I mean, some of his albums are, yeah, some of the best music to come out in the past decade, decade and a half. Uh, We'll see. I mean, we'll see where it goes. It's going to be interesting. Um, Um, Yeah, I don't know why I started thinking about that. Well, I mean, the private island thing is something that's so, it's such like a self-parody at this point. And it's like... it's so over the top and it's so easy for people to just like hate it. But the Kardashians are just a little bit more public than other celebrities are. Like all these rich people are doing the exact same thing. Oh, rich people. I rich, COVID is just a thing that like rich people don't have to deal with and poor people do. <laughs> like it's just if you, they have ways of doing whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, I mean, Gwyneth was in Hamptons and I mean, I don't know if she had a huge, I'm sure she had people over and then like, they were like flying back and forth. Like they're traveling all over the place. Like, I, I don't know. And I feel like everybody is. Hopefully this will make people realize that um, rich people are evil and not to be trusted and don't aspire to be them, but we'll see. I, oh, before I want to just talk really quick before we start the newsletter, I, am now a hundred percent a fan of Emily in Paris on Netflix. Wow. Okay. So that's a bombshell, Brian. I still uh, haven't seen an episode of it. Y- you know, I, 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 I think you would like it. I mean, you have to like, people were making fun of it and it is a deeply, deeply stupid show. Uh, but it's so fun. Like, I don't, I don't get what people were really expecting. It's this idiot American girl I mean, everyone knows this, who goes to Paris, French people hate her, and yet she like wins every time, every battle she picks, she is proved right, which is, it's like infuriating, but also it's just fun to watch. And it was all shot in Paris. So it's like very beautiful. And the woman who plays her boss is perfect. She's like a French, she reminds me of like a French Jean Godfrey June, but like bitchier. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, the plot is basically, it's the uh, the Devil Wars Prada. It's the exact same plot. Okay. Uh, But I, if anyone who listens to this hasn't watched it yet, I really think, you know, if you are into goop and uh, luxury brands and and media 
quote unquote satire, you will at least find something to enjoy about the show. All right, maybe I'll watch it. I've been rewatching The West Wing. Hmm. Yeah, that thing, that's a, uh, I think popular right now. I think a lot of people are rewatching The West Wing. I always like get into like political stuff right before, like I always watch The War Room around oh, the yeah. like I oh. my War Room, I watch that, which I, I feel like I watch like every election cycle. I watched all these like, uh, like Kennedy documentaries from the sixties and, um, have you ever watched Tanner 88, the Robert Altman? Um, no, like doc- I, I've never seen either. I think it was on criterion, but it was Robert Altman, uh, doing, I guess, I think it was for TV. Like it was episodic about the 88 election and it was, um, like a candidate running for office in 1988. Oh, I should definitely watch that. That sounds like my kind of thing these these have all been on criterion there's like a huge um like robert drew and uh da penny baker like were these like documentarians who made all of these i think penny baker was like robert drew's like apprentice or something they they were also i think they were for tv making these documentaries about the kennedy like the kennedy primary and then the kennedy like white house and then D.A. Pennybaker went on to make The War Room. So it was like a, and and he made a bunch of other documentaries. So I've just been like kind of watching all this shit. Yeah. And I, once I finished that, I just started watching The West Wing. Hey, I mean, just as realistic. I mean, it's just nice to watch a nice like people in the White House and pretend yeah. that that could have happen. There's a new documentary by steve james who did hoop dreams um that's on hulu now that i really want to watch called city so real about like chicago's city elections oh that'll be interesting it's supposed to be really good so i feel like i'm gonna watch that that's a good election week watch oh god i feel like i'm gonna pass out yeah um okay let's move on to the old newsletters uh what was your best Mm, okay so my best is (laughs) i mean it's unlike me it's definitely very unlike me but i okay so i've been reading a lot of um carl jung this week and the last week too and getting like really into it and i i feel like i've always been very interested in the idea of like archetypes and like how like and seeing like echoes of mythology, like playing out in popular media or like mainstream movies and TV. Like that's definitely something that like I always will engage with and, and watch, which is stuff I learned about in college as like a Joseph Campbell thing. But I guess Joseph Campbell was like always an influenced by, by Jung, which I was, I guess I kind of knew, but never paid too much attention to because I was like, I don't really care about that. Okay. So now that I'm more versed <laughs> on this particular wing of psychology i feel like i have a deeper understanding of jennifer freed and her career interesting because jung which i haven't read that because he's he wrote like a bazillion books but like he definitely wrote about astrology but not that he his whole thing is like he doesn't believe in like actual mysticism but he believes that we are taking in these images from I'm doing a bad job of explaining this, but um, basically you're taking in all of these like images and stories from the time that you're very, very young. And it sort of gets like 
implanted in your brain and it becomes second nature the same way that like you would like automatically know how, like the same way you'd like learn how to walk or speak mm-hmm. the, the language that you're raised in that you would have this like kind of intu- intuitive understanding of archetypes and like mythological tropes and so- he and he's saying that is because of the the cultural stuff that you were taking in as a child he's not saying that there's a a genetic no it's archetype. not it's not in any way like it's not mystical it's not like spiritual it like touches on those things but he's his argument about all of it is that it's all like social and Mm -hmm. it's not actual like he's not making any actual like proclamations about like the existence of like god or spirituality or like i assume astrology either but i think he sees that as like a continuation of like the archetypes like astrological science and like people how people so when jennifer freed says that she's an astrological psychologist it actually start i i was like oh i i think i understand what that might mean um, is she tra- she must be trained in jungian psychology i don't know but i feel like she i like if you're saying this shit like you <laughs> have to be yeah yeah uh I that's mean, interesting so i wonder I wonder if Jennifer Freed really believes in the signs or astrology in that sort of mystical way, or is she more like Young, who believes it's a it's a tool to get to something deeper within her patients' psyches? I don't know. Well, I mean, we'd have to ask her, but mm-hmm. I feel like she. I think there's room to like kind of still believe whatever you want, just like there is with anything. So yeah. who knows? But I do think that's sort of like Goob's whole thing is like, this isn't real, but why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but this, yeah. so this is just something you thought, because Jennifer Freed was not in this week's newsletter. She was. She has she was. out today. What your astrological sign says about your character. This was on the homepage today. Oh. Although I wonder if this is old. Anyway, but I, no, I don't think so because it starts with the whole thing about we're in the thick of the most stressful moment in modern history. We have the the pandemic, a profound confrontation with racism, an accelerating set of natural disasters linked to climate change, and an economic storm. And so for the next few months between October and January are poised to be the most demanding in our lifetime. So she's kind of giving us like, all right, things are bad and they're going to get worse. Oh, wow. So here's like, you need to like have a strong character, like to get through this, like a strong, like you need to be like fortified. And so like, I'm going to tell you what your star sign says about your character. This this is. We'll have like a, be like rooted and like help you get through like the months to come. I mean, this is practical advice and. I read Goop this morning. This is hot off the presses because when I when I read my newsletters and my website this morning, this was not published yet. I know. And also, I actually, as we all know, I never go on the website and I always do my Goop just through my email. Mm. But today, for some reason, I went and did the, I checked out the webpage, whatever the webpage, my God, <laughs> the homepage or whatever, and it was right there. I'm glad so, you caught it. I'm so glad I caught it because it's also like very fun and we can borrow these qualities at any time as all 12 signs are somewhere in every astrological chart. A completeness is inherent in each of us. Wow. So let's see, mine 
is Capricorn. It says stellar integrity and contributions that last lifetimes. Okay. That's so special. And I'm visionary for the height. Wow. For the highest good of humanity. So I'm like Kanye. Oh, totally. I wonder. Like I, I won't he, stop until this is her. Is he an Aquarius? Or he seems like a Pisces. I don't know what he is. I think he seems like a Capricorn. Or I think he seems like a Scorpio. Possibly, possibly. Oh, no, I know what he is. I think he said it on David Letterman. I think he's a Gemini. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Um, well, we'll bookmark this and late Tuesday night as we're watching the Florida returns pour in. We'll I'm turn to be, Jennifer Freed. I'll be clinging to it like it's my freaking Bible. So I'm like into Jennifer Freed now and I'm really into this article. And it it was hot off the presses, but it shot straight up to the very top best of the week. Uh, okay, so mine is sort of more just a general best of. I am extremely happy that Goop is putting out some new products because yeah. I was so sick of talking about all their fucking old products. So sick of it. Uh, so there's two huge, huge, huge new products that Goop huge. is launching this week. Uh, first, well, we have we have the high and the low. High, we have uh, a Goop collaboration with Avocado Mattresses. They are launching a $38,000 mattress, um, ethically sourced GOTS certified organic materials. Uh, it's custom support as a result of unparalleled craftsmanship. It's an out of this world experience on a climate neutral bespoke bed. Mm. Um, so mm. I don't think I have any experience touching a mattress, let, let alone sleeping on a mattress of this quality. So I, I can't even really imagine what it would be like. Um, my imagination, uh, doesn't go that far, far. Um, I could not even begin to imagine. I'm just going to go ahead and say that the, the two new products are my try and my buy this week. So nice. the mattress, because I assume I'll never have it, No. but I would like to try it. Uh, I wonder once this pandemic ends, if, one would be able to go to the Brentwood Goop Lab and at least try the mattress like you would, you know, a like a at Sears like or whatever. Go, yeah, like when you go to the mattress store, yeah. you just get your soda, silly, whatever. Um I mean, I can't imagine anything is worth this much money, but you know, rich people don't live like we do, so their mattress is expensive. Ugh. It's like, I mean, it's like Princess and the Pea shit. Yeah, seriously. Um, so that was one big product launch. The other one is something that maybe more of us will be able to splurge on and, and try um, or and buy. It is Goop Coffee. Yes. Okay. So this is really, really, really exciting. Um Okay, so Goop has been telling us what to do in the morning, you know, for years. And usually, you know, we're supposed to drink the Goop Glow. But everybody knows that in the morning, the first thing you're reaching for is a good old cup of joe. And now Goop has your back for both. So you can get your supplement and your coffee all from Goop. Soon you're not going to need anything that isn't Goop branded in your life. But you will be really poor because you will have spent all of your money um, on Gwyneth Paltrow's brand. But... I don't know. It's ethically sourced. It's free, fair trade. Of course. And it's from a specific farm in Colombia. 
from Columbia. And Classic. It, yeah. And it comes in a little white bag with a p- big pink label on it. And it says Goop Fair Trade Specialty Coffee. I don't know. It's just coffee. I don't, I don't really know, but I just, I'm excited that you can get Goop Coffee. There's yeah, nothing I, like special about it. It's just coffee. We'll, uh, we'll have to get some and try it out and, yeah, and, and tell you about it. Uh, it's $28 for, I don't even think a pound. I think it's less than a pound. It looks like a very small. <laughs> small. <laughs> so, I mean, as Goop, oh, it's 12, 12 ounces. Okay. That's still, because even like Intelligentsia is only like $15 for 12 ounces. I mean, like everything else, Goop just knows how to raise the price point. Yeah, everything is more expensive uh, if you're getting it from Goop, which you know because you're paying extra for, I don't know, Gwyneth's seal of approval, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I mean, coffee, coffee's gotten almost too good for me. Like, it's, it's complexities are lost on my uh, untrained palate, so I don't know. I'll be curious to know just what, if, if this tastes more like a very sort of fruity, light roast, third wave coffee, or is it more, I mean, it's not going to taste like Dunkin' Donuts. So I guess it will be sort of more of that ethereal, um, acidic, fruity. Yeah, which I actually don't really care for. It's too, I don't like the really, it's too acidic, those coffees, always for me. I need it to be like a little bit more creamy i guess yeah well i mean it says so it says it's a full-bodied medium roast when you drink it you can pick up some delicate flavors peaches honey it's deep complex and balanced so maybe this will be not quite as peaches and well i guess that's still sort of fruity but it it says full roast or full-bodied so we'll see my favorite is stumptown holler mountain it's like it, I just had to look it up because I knew it said something. It says creamy and caramel on it. So mm. it's like it, the, the, the flavor is just like, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't have that like hard, like acid edge to it. It just has like it a full coffee flavor, but it's not like a, it doesn't have like blueberry, like you know, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. like hints of whatever. And it's just kind of it. I don't know. It's, it's very smooth, I guess. Uh, yeah, like tip, I, typically coffees from Indonesia are more full-bodied and mellower. And then once you get into like African coffees and New World coffees, they're sort of lighter and brighter. I like usually like a blend of all of them. Uh, yeah, this one is, the one I like is, well, it has Latin American textures. Okay. Um, interesting. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to get some. I do. I do need to get a few other things at Goop. Like I need to get some more of the, um, the instant facial shit. Um, so maybe if I get some, you know, holiday or birthday money, I can splurge and buy some Goop coffee. Oh, I just that's like the last thing I want to do, honestly. But I but I did put it is literally the thing I would buy. But it's just because I want to try the mattress, and I can technically afford to buy the coffee. Sure. I mean, if, if Gwyneth Baldrow like burst in here with a gun to my head and was like, give me $27, I could do it. So it's just like, it is when she comes out with a new product. If they sold it at, you know, Whole Foods or wherever it would, it would be so easy to just buy some of it. But like the idea of having to mail order this coffee and like pay for shipping, it's just such a, such a pain in the ass. And it's like, it's $30. I mean, like, 
yeah, you get, I'm on the Stumptown because I looked up the coffee that I like. So you get the same amount for $15 mm-hmm. from Stumptown. Which a few years ago, Stumptown was considered ridiculously expensive. It's crazy. It is. I still don't get it. It's not my everyday. I don't drink that every day. I can't afford it. It's no, crazy. I drink Costco, uh, Kirkland brand, whole bean, house blend. You get three pounds for like 12 bucks and I make cold brew out of it. So it lasts literally like two months for me. Yeah. I prefer not to say that I drink, but right. I will say that, okay, look, it has, it has a flavor and the hey. flavor is currently, let's just say, um, seasonal. Sure. <laughs> I think I can whittle down what, uh, it is. And I don't, I don't, blame you like i like i like flavored coffee fuck it yeah fuck it i mean look if you can't afford the really good stuff you might as well get something with the flavor to mask the shit that you're drinking at least you're not drinking like flavored coffee mate that stuff is the only problem with it is it's too sweet and it has this like cloying disgusting flavor on the like it like lingers yeah yeah yeah. flavored coffee mates although i've tried it several times uh yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, still go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts and get a flavored thing once in a while. And it's it's nice as a treat. I just couldn't do it every day. Yeah. It's a treat. Uh, what was your worst? Let's see. What was my worst? Oh, my worst was also on the subject of coffee. This is an oldie but a goodie. In general, I am not a supporter of putting butter in your coffee. Mm. I think it's a bad idea. I think there's no way in hell that it's actually good for you. We have a morning routine with Raquel Travers, the founder of Fourth and Heart, which is a ghee company. Um, I'm pretty sure that this ghee is notable for being endorsed by Melissa Hartwig and Whole30. If anything is Whole30, and I know it, I'll always throw that in there as a tip. Because <laughs> I'm just like weirdly obsessed with that program, even though I've only done it once and I didn't particularly like it. But whatever. This is so, okay. So I always feel like Whole30, okay. Mm, in my mind, Goop is like, Democrat health food and Whole30 is Republican health food. Like Whole30 feels really Republican to me. Interesting. Yeah, I could see it. my my Republican health food is um, Hungry Girl. Um. Oh, is could, that the one you told me to that I would like? Yes, because it's so it's all like packaged food. She does like Walmart hauls, but it's always like you know health like low cal stuff from Walmart or Aldi. Uh, and I don't think she's actually a Republican, but in my mind, this is like what dieters in the red states eat. Yeah. In my mind, the dieters in the red states are all doing low carb, high fat, like keto or mm. like, and they're eat cause they're eating like a bunch of meat and a bunch of like butter and they're not eating any, and they're eating just like, you know, vegetables or whatever. And like no fruit and like whatever. So Anyway, I don't think this woman is a Republican. I don't know what she is. I doubt she's a Republican. I mean, I don't know who was a Republican anymore. She probably isn't. But her morning routine, of course, and it's just because she sells it, but she's not even saying make a full bulletproof coffee. 
it's just one line in her in her in her morning routine that she says she just likes to put like a little spoonful of ghee in her coffee in the morning just a little she's she's selling it but it's like do you remember on the you probably don't but i like when i was a kid there was an episode of the simpsons where homer was like complaining was like blaming marge for his weight problem he's like it's your fault and she's like i'm not the one who puts butter in your coffee and as a little girl i started i was like laughing we were all laughing like i was like this is such a funny joke and now it's like why is everyone telling me to put butter in my coffee and this isn't even butter whatever bulletproof coffee this literally is just for no reason put a spoonful of butter in your coffee uh yeah, it's completely mystifying to me. I, I sort of understand because I've had bulletproof coffee once or twice and to get that fat and that caffeine at once, it it is like filling you up in a way that I could see if you don't want breakfast, possibly it's like an okay alternative. Uh, I mean, it gives me a stomach ache. I guess if that's the, I had it once. I got it at Erewhon. I think I was with you and it made me feel really, really sick. I, I'm just not a ghee person. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't get the appeal really. I, I mean, if you're cooking like a, you know, an Indian dish and it's traditional to use ghee, I think that would be a good choice, but just to, to scoop it in everything and this lady has 30 different ghee flavors uh they look good but she says that in the morning she grinds her beans do a pour over style drip add grass-fed cream and a splash of ghee not even a spoonful a splash splash. of it so it's liquid i guess so it is it's like well ghee is like at room temperature is liquid and then it'll like firm up when it's when you first bring it home it's kind of more firm but i mean i guess it's the same as having cream in your coffee it just sounds gross but i do like ghee on popcorn i do like i I like i like that like intense butter flavor but it's like that's that's not i don't want to put i don't want it on everything yeah uh this whole article was my craziest her whole morning routine um she spends, I mean, I guess everyone on Goop spends a long time in the morning, like before they actually get down to work. But this woman, it just seems uh, intense, even even as far as the other people on Goop are concerned. Like um, she gets up at six o'clock, makes her coffee. Then she takes a bath. It's weird, weird to take. She takes a bath before she does yoga because I guess that's traditional Ashtanga yoga procedure. Then she does yoga. Then she says she whips up breakfast for the littles, which by which she means her children, which grosses me out. Um, oh no! Then she does yoga, treadmill or Peloton. Sometimes all three. Then she does Deepak Chopra meditation. Then she dry brushes. Then she showers it's it just seems exhausting i mean i i can't imagine doing uh, taking a bath and a shower in the morning <laughs> i didn't even catch up that is that's crazy i mean and then that's she gets to work that especially when it's not super hot out it's like i mean even to get me to take a shower once a day is pushing it during covid if i take a shower i'm like oh my god i'm like so on top of my shit and i also when i do take a shower it is not in the morning it's at like 
whenever it's at like four o'clock in the afternoon yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't even know what is happening. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, the morning routines always sort of boggle my mind, but hers, hers was especially crazy. I thought our, I our, well, our listener, Nicholas reached out and said he, he thought the, the craziest part was that she was spreading the goop jeans face cream on her elbows, which is really crazy. It is crazy, but it seems like a good idea. Well, cause I, I remember when I learned to put sunscreen on the palms of my hands. Maybe I should start my, I do hate my elbows. I mean, elbows are notoriously the most like wrinkly part of the body. So I guess I could see oh, it. So bad. Yeah. Um, but good for her. I hope she sells a lot of ghee and becomes very, very wealthy. She already has and she already is. So. Yeah, she already is. Uh, oh God. So my, my worst <laughs> uh, was mm-hmm. the book club this month. Did you, did you read it? I saw what's it like to make love to Shakespeare. Here. And did you read what the main character's name is? No. Is it Agnes? It is Agnes. This um, is written by your least favorite author ever to grace Goop, Maggie O'Farrell. She's the one who wrote the thing about how she almost died 40 times or something. Oh, this is <laughs> that I same liked. lady? Yeah, I read I like that book though. <laughs> uh no, I mean I, I, I don't I mean I don't I don't uh you know I'm not going to get into a fight with her about dying 40 times. I, I assume that she's telling the truth, but this, I mean, this is a, like a romance novel called Hamnet with an N about a young farm girl named Agnes who fucks Shakespeare. <laughs> and they have, uh, they have a whole, a whole excerpt from the book. And mm-hmm. I just wanted, I just wanted to read a little bit of it. Please. Um, okay, so uh, background, the st- it says the story begins when a, lo- a young Latin teacher with, with little money and a few demons meets Agnes, who is at the time walking her family's land with a kestrel on her hand. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Agnes is seductive and intuitive, uh, perhaps a little wild, blah, blah, blah. So um, here we go. Agnes's knees are raised, splayed open like butterfly wings. Her feet still in their boots, rest on the opposite shelf. Her hands brace against the whitewashed wall. Her back straightens and bows, seemingly of its own accord, and low, near growls are being pulled out of her throat. This takes her by surprise, her body asserting itself in this way. How it knows what to do, how to react, how to be, where to put itself. Her legs white and folded in the dim light, her rear resting on the shelf edge, her fingers gripping the stones of the wall. Um, and then wow. talks about them fucking a little bit more wow. and, uh, I'll just end with this. And now there's this, this fit. It is all together. Unlike anything she has felt before. It makes her think of a hand drawing on a glove of a lamb slithering wet from a U, an ax splitting open a log, a key turning in an oiled lock. How she wonders. Ew! As she looks into the face of the tutor, can anything fit so well, so exactly, with such a sense of rightness? An oiled lock? An oiled lock, a lamb slithering out of a ewe. Uh, Disgusting. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable indeed. Do you think the Goop editors chose this book specifically to troll you? 
well, I know that they're big Maggie heads over there. That's true. I thought that they chose, honestly, I didn't even really, I saw what it was about and I was like, oh, they're just going to make a bunch of jokes about how, um, you know, Gwyneth fucks Shakespeare too. They don't even mention that in the article. They didn't mention it, which is, Mm. that seems like a waste, but that's my big note. That's my note on the story. I guess that was the subtext is like, we all know Gwyneth fucked Shakespeare. So here's another lady. Here's that another fucked one. I feel like, honestly, if anything, I feel like Maggie O'Farrell was like, oh, the goop people aren't going to be able to resist this one. True. It's so smart. She's, she's smart. really yeah. smart. Like, yeah. oh, she, she, she got a little publicity for her, you know, dying 40 times. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see what, I mean, next she's going to write a story about a woman whose head is in a box. <laughs> That's like the Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I mean, I notoriously don't want to read any of these books that Goop puts on their book club, but this one especially. Yeah. Although I see, I, I, I absolutely hate reading any like sex scenes in a book. I'm like, I really, maybe I'm crazy, but it's just like, cut them out. I don't need them. They just are weird. It's like, just make it like an old fashioned movie. Like the lights go out or like my grandmother used to say, you just, she used to say when I was young in the movies, you would just see two people kissing in a bal- on a balcony. And next thing you knew it was morning and you didn't have to know what was happening in between. And I'm like, yes, like put that right that way. Have them kiss on a balcony and then it's morning. I Bring don't back care. the Hayes code. In books. In books yeah. <laughs> well, the, o- the only sex scenes I like in books are, uh, gay and it's um basically <laughs> Al- alan hall alan hollinghurst is the only author who i think writes an actual sexy sex scene you know who i used to think wrote a good sex scene but i don't i haven't read him in a really long time so don't hold me to those because it might i might end up really embarrassing me but i used to think um uh murakami used to write some pretty good sex scenes oh book. okay yeah 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 yeah. And, I, yeah he i don't really remember his sex scene specifically but um but he's like ro- like a romantic. Uh, it's very romantic, and I read the uh, Norwegian Wood, and then his big one, the Wind Up Wind Bird Up Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah, and I think they both had like some Norwegian Wood is the really like romantic one. I think. Yeah, I think I I think I've only read uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Um, but this was like in like definitely like probably two thousand five or something that I read these books. So I. My idea of like what is romantic has changed a lot, yeah. so I don't. I probably would like really hate it now. But the you know. grossest sex scene I've ever read was um, Milan Kundera. Uh, what's his book called? Oh God, I'm so stupid. The whatever his famous book is. The half the, isn't it called like the Vanishing Half or something? Mm, not. That oh, one. I had two years of solitude. No, uh, let me look it up or no sorry what am i thinking of i know a, some guy in college gave it to me um the unbearable lightness of being the being yes 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 uh he f- the main character fucks a woman and he uh like imagines getting so i guess he's like fucking her in the ass or something because he imagines getting so deep inside her that he's like in her intestines and then he goes into this like reverie about her digestive system um and it's truly the most disgusting thing i've ever read in my life yeah a, like a boy gave that to me in college thinking i would like, like 
something. And then, but I, I also think that the worst sex scene writer is Stephen King. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he's really bad. horror in general, but yeah, Stephen King. Ugh. Yeah, like you just don't. It's like he's got this way of talk. I don't know, just talking about sexuality in general. That's very, very disturbing and really mm-hmm. bad uh okay so we went through your we went we went through your craziest right yeah i did my craziest and i did my craziest and then we just have tries and buys and we already talked about i didn't do my craziest oh what was your craziest my craziest is my status and it's just the it was actually like a good interview um but i um, I actually am still hung up on how I said a hundred years of solitude was that Kundera book. I get that. Oh, it's all right. They're all these mid-century magical realism books are the same. Okay. Um, so they interviewed Sylvie Chantel, the CEO and president of Chantel. She's like a French woman and it's called the secrets of the French girl glow. Okay, and the thing is, and I I really am not trying to sound ageist. I'm really not because I am 35. I'm not an old woman, but I'm not a girl. I'm going to just be like realistic and say I'm an adult. And the woman that they're interviewing here is 75 years old. And when you see a picture of this woman and it says get the French girl glow, you're you it's like we need to stop this as women as women not her not that she's too old i get the french girl thing but here's how you get the french girl glow you actually be a girl meaning like you're 17 like i don't want to look like a girl i'm sick of the word girl i'm sick of the idea of being a french girl how about i get the french woman glow how about that can we just please stop it they're never gonna stop it because it's looks like a sophisticated old Parisian lady. Like she looks very glamorous and lovely, but she doesn't look like NY old. You know what I mean? Not as an insult, but she's sure a woman. She's 75 years old. Like yeah. she's not like, why are we saying this? Uh, I guess it just rolls off the tongue better than French woman. Um, French girl glow. It doesn't. If French girl glow, it just, it, it's, I guess it rolls off the tongue. I don't know. I dislike it. She, she looks like uh Laura Dern. She looks like an old French Laura Dern. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, I feel like that's the, if someone is saying French girl, like you want to look like some version of Laura Dern, I think. I guess, except I, I mean, Laura Dern definitely has like a glow to her, but again, yeah, she's a mature, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just scroll over the, these now, these gr- French girls, it's too much. Very like, casual. I think the idea is like, it looks like effortless. I, yeah, but like an older French woman is not effortless. And I think that's great. Like they're so put together and everything is specific and they, they age gracefully, but it's like, it's, it doesn't seem effortless to me. It seems like amazing that they're able to look so beautiful. And I think we should celebrate the effort that that takes. I agree. <laughs> Cause when you're a girl, you don't have to do anything to look beautiful. Like you're just young, like whatever. It's like, it takes time and I don't know uh whatever watch I, emily in paris to see some french women yeah 
that's right. Women. Uh, so yeah, I were mattress and coffee. So I already covered mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, the, my buy is just the coffee. Oh, I have a little try that we haven't talked about. Um, I, we have a uh, Kelly Martin who is the resident skeptic, quote unquote, and the assistant yeah. editor at Goop. <laughs> the one and, who didn't believe in um, mediums or something, and then they right. shamed her, and she was like, "I was wrong." Yeah, because they like it was like her sister's birthday party in Mexico had like a donkey or something and the medium knew about it. It was something very strange. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, Gwyneth and Elise twisted her arm and got her to try a infrared sauna blanket for $500 and she has a good time. And, you know, as the temperatures drop and, you know, we're all going to be in our houses for God knows how many more months. More years. An infrared sauna blanket sounds really nice. Um, oh, it sounds great. I just broke out the old comforter. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Was- uh, oh, my God. So this is like high dose of infrared rays. It's a little weird that you're supposed to wear a full set of clothes, like sweatpants and a long sleeve shirt, I guess, because it's really hot and you don't want to burn yourself. Um, and then you sweat into your clothes instead of into the blanket. But, I mean, I'm not going to get one, but it does sound really nice. I don't get one, but I have been um, waking up freezing cold every morning because I, for like the last six months, I've been sleeping with just the sheet, like the top sheet, because yeah. it's, it's so hot. But now it's time to level up. The seasons are a-changing, and... Yeah, the last like three days, I've actually put on the thermostat in the morning. Uh, wow, wow, wow. So for like an hour, and then it. Yeah, my apartment's really cold in the morning. I like but it. But yeah, to us, like it's like seventy-five degrees. <laughs> so we, we are like from California. So, like, well, what we I not- I have to say, if you have like a New York apartment, I don't know what it's like in Chicago, but in New York everyone has these really old radiators that start heating up and sputtering way before you need them to. And so winters in New York, if you're inside are like unbearably hot Uh, because you can't control them in the same way in LA you have a thermostat and you can control them. But like, if you live in an old New York apartment building, your landlord controls when the heat goes on and off. And sometimes it's too much. Yeah, that is, um, that is the Chicago way too. It's like these old like water radiators. And um, when when I lived in Chicago, my radiator in my last apartment there did not uh, come on too early. It barely worked. And I would literally have to like take a blanket and go and like sit next to the radiator <laughs> to like warm up because I would get so fucking cold and then I think I think I think that was like one winter and then they fixed it because Chicago is like unbearably cold in the winter it's like it gets like below zero like every winter it's like Mm. it gets to like 10 below sometimes it's very very cold and if you don't have the if your radiator isn't working it's like against the law because like people are like free so they have to they have to make it work so i think i had to come and have them fix that 
that one year, but. Thank God for tenants' rights. Um, the little that we've gained <laughs> yeah. in this past century. Uh, okay, guys. I think we've done it. I think so too. Uh, if you're in California, please vote no on Proposition 22. It's probably going to win, unfortunately, but Which one uh, is that? it's the one that um, gives gig workers rights to benefits. Oh yeah. And regular vote hours. No. And they're having a huge, they're like, there's so much information about that on TV. Vote no on that one. Yeah. Uh, and then vote for, you know, vote for someone for president, vote for Marianne or Kanye or however you want. Um, okay. Yeah. Or you can also vote for Joe Biden. That's another sure. option. I guess so. Well. <laughs> yeah. You can. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back soon with a bonus Patreon podcast. Yeah, uh, tomorrow we're having a Patreon podcast and it's going to be really fun. We're going to do spooky Halloween one spooky. just for you. So if you want to double up this weekend, consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon.com slash goop yourself. And yeah. we'll talk to you on the other side. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. Find your archetype or whatever. Find your astrological personality and have, have strength. We believe in you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.